0: Thank you for clicking my link. I am so excited to share this interview I had a few months back with Farmer Sampson. Um, he's 33 years old and resides in Oyo State, Nigeria. Uh, and I was looking at policy inequality issues concerning the country of Nigeria, like I always do. I am Nigerian. And I ran across an article that CNN Africa had posted about Farmer Sampson and all that he was doing to fight food inequality um, because of how densely populated Nigeria is. Um, So what he does is he actually grows agriculture and food and he is an expert at soilless farming. Yeah crazy, like he farms <laughs> and grows plants in the air. Um, I was very grateful to be able to have sat down with him. He made accommodations last minute to speak with me, and he's been on so many different platforms, like I mentioned, uh, CNN Africa, and we did the best we could do with <laughs> network issues. If you're Nigerian, you are familiar with that, but we made the best of it. And I hope you guys that are listening and who have clicked this link are able to be informed about this innovative way of farming and can learn um, about ways to fight food inequality in the country of Nigeria and Africa.
1: Good afternoon, I'm sorry about failure.
2: Oh, it's okay, no problem. Thank you so much for um, doing this so last minute. Um, I really, really appreciate it. So it's just gonna be really conversational style. Um, I obviously did some research and looked at other interviews um, that you had done in the past. So I really kinda wanna gauge more of how you got into uh, um, agriculture as it relates to like airless growing of plants and what motivated you to kind of choose this career path like is it something that you knew you wanted to do from when you were here or is was there a specific incident that happened that sparked your desire to start this so i think that's kind of going to be where i want to start the conversation all
1: right uh yeah so career parts it wasn't what i picked while growing up Uh, Like every African child uh, raised by an African parent, it's either you become a lawyer, a doctor, or an engineer. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, my passion had always been Mm medicine. However, in medicine, I had a kind of a peculiar passion in medicine, which was try to treat as many people as possible Mm -hmm. and find a way to even prevent diseases. This was my mindset. I wanted a scenario where I was the doctor that helped people prevent diseases, so they don't have to actually wait for the curative, mm. but find a way to predict a disease before the disease comes in and all of that. Unfortunately, as a kid growing up, uh, the interpretation everybody understood was, go become a doctor. I mean, that seems to be like the part way to whatever you want to do as long as it's involves healing people Mm -hmm. and um so i got i started studying medicine Mm uh with madonna university Mm -hmm. i was there for about five years Mm uh fortunately unfortunately the school had had the accreditation issue Mm -hmm. so because of that we had like so many students backlog waiting for final mbbs exam Mm -hmm. so even when they give like a partial accreditation, they could only present in batches. I think we were like 50 or 60 per batch they could present. Wow. My level alone, my level alone had over 300 to 400 students wow. who are qualified to go for uh, MBBS. And uh, we had people ahead of us in higher levels. So imagine how long it would take to finish the 60, 60, 60 and all. So at some point, I knew, okay, I had to like find a different school that had accreditation. Mm-hmm. The other school in Nigeria as of then that was a private university that I had maintained was Ibn mm-hmm. So I switched to Ibn Unfortunately, Unfortunately, uh, Madonna did not release my transcript mm-hmm. uh, because they said, oh, there were students. They did not want to go because they believed once they took the MBBS, they were going to do well. Mm-hmm. and they needed to present their best students mm-hmm. so that if they present 60 and the 60 passes that could actually increase their quota for the next batch so i had to go to igbinej and restart all the way from the year one from 100 level uh, with maintenance and in between all of that i got to meet uh different people who were like way way ahead mm-hmm. and as we got talking they kind of um, understood my passion and they said uh, medicine is not actually the way to go mm. for what you want to do being a biochemist should be the best mm. a biochemist or a physiologist one of the two now uh, as a medical student uh, in our preclinicals, we have uh, our basic courses uh, anatomy physiology and biochemistry
3: Mm-hmm.
1: and because I had done my preclinicals, I understood that uh, I am not a physiology fan. I mean, it was one of those courses in school that I struggled to pass because it has a whole lot of writing and writing and writing for biochemistry. Once you remember the pathway, what to write is very little and you are done. Mm-hmm. I hate to write for long. Mm-hmm. So it was a choice between, okay, if you are living medicine, do you want physiology or biochemistry? Mm-hmm. And obviously for me, physiology was not an option because I did not like writing too long in the example. I wanted something straightforward like biochem, so I picked biochem. Mm-hmm. On graduation from biochemistry, uh, you are a Nigerian, I'm sure you know about NYSC, that is like compulsory on graduation. Mm-hmm. So during youth service, my youth service year, I was posted to IT. That was the first time I ever heard of IITA, mm-hmm. International Institute of Tropical Agriculture. I mean, in my mind, I was thinking, why well, am I being posted to IITA? What am I going to do in IITA? And all of that. In my, okay, the first time I even saw IITA, my mind went straight to NIIT. Mm. Uh, it's, a, it's like one of those big computer college, whatever, in Lagos. Okay. So the first thought that came to me was, wow, is the biochemist being posted to a computer college? Mm-hmm. What am I supposed to do there and all? Uh, later, I found out it was like, an agreek institute. I was still very skeptical. So I got to IITA that day, and they were like, oh, the virology units of IITA requested for a biochemist, hence I was sent. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the head of virology was not on seat when I got there.
3: Mm.
1: So as we were going back to the head of uh, not HR now, She's in charge of like coppers and all of that. Mm-hmm. And see Lola, if I remember that now, Lola. So she was like, oh, let's go. So on our way back to our office, we passed the front of a particular office. And she was like, Oh, this person actually requested also for a copper. Let's see if he would even need a copper. Mm-hmm. And on getting in, I met Dr. Nobet Maria and he go and and they go like, oh, we've not gotten a copper. And he was like, Well, that's a copper with you. Mm-hmm. So You're like, oh, yes. Um, And he goes, would you like, do you mind working on the farm? Mm. (laughs) Ah, I was like, no problem. I mean, if it's a learning curve, why not? I mean, it's uh, youth service, it's just one year. It's not like it's a 10-year. And I said, fine. And, oh, before then, I had always prayed that I wanted to serve in a place where I would actually get to work. I -hmm. did not like the whole idea of you are working in a place, but you are not busy. They are just coming in-city down. So she was like, do you want to work with us? I was like, okay, why not? Cool. And following, I think the following week I resumed, Mm that was when I got to know the unit is YAM improvement for income and food security in West Africa, Yifsua. And why under Dr. Maruyav, I was able to now see a different perspective to agriculture. Through him, I got to see the research aspect of agriculture, I got to realize that agriculture is much more than what we were taught in secondary school. Mm -hmm. Agriculture is much more than the punishment that agriculture was. I mean, for every crime you commit in school, Mm -hmm. punishment, your punishment is always by um, agriculture. Go and clear one field, go and do this. So while with him, I got to see agriculture from a different perspective, Mm -hmm. and it clicked finally what I always wanted because I remember that was when I got to see. oh, the problem with our food actually starts from agriculture, not from the lab. Mm -hmm. So trying to correct food from the kitchen was already too far gone. Mm -hmm. So it was best to find a way to correct food from the farm. Mm -hmm. Because if the farmer messes up the food, there is very little you can do in the area of restoration or anything for the food Mm -hmm. in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. So with that, I developed the passion for agriculture, but not agriculture like agriculture that other people knew, Mm -hmm. but agriculture from the perspective of research, Mm -hmm. from the perspective of development, from the perspective of technology enabled. So how to bring in technology to ensure farming is no longer unpredictable. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, it was through him. I actually understood the statement when you say, agricultural science Mm -hmm. now the science in the science in anything is about predictability Mm -hmm. i know oh if i miss sodium hydroxide and hydrochloric acid i should get sodium chloride and water it's not a guesswork right it is a science because if you bring in a and b it should give you c and d Mm -hmm. that is the science in it Mm -hmm. so with Dr. Maria I.T.A. Gipsua, I got to understand, oh, the issue with agriculture today as it is being practiced Mm -hmm. is the fact that the science has been removed. It has just become a cultural norm. Mm -hmm. It has just become a cultural norm, like this is how our fathers did it, so this is how we are doing it. But it's supposed to be much more than that. It's supposed to be a culture that is deep rooted in science. As opposed to a culture deep rooted in traditional ways. Right. And with that, um, I uh, got a big flair for technology. Mm-hmm. I got introduced first to soilless farming with IIT under Dr. Nubek Maria. Uh, he's, he's the first person to grow uh, soilless yam in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate to be a part of his team. And with that, The passion continued and I started trying to see, okay, what more can be done and the rest they will say is history.
2: So quick question, when you were talking, I know you mentioned in Nigeria, obviously we have a cultural way of farming and and agriculture. So I want to know, and then we also have on, on the other hand, the population density issue where we're so, I think we're the most populous black country in the world. So I think it's a fact I read online. So I want to know when it comes to soilless farming in a city like Lagos, is it going to look different in a city like Lagos as it would in the east or in the north, or is it because it's so predictable regardless of where or what region you implement this type of farming? It's it's going to be kind of the same, the same outcome.
1: So uh, let me answer it like this. Technologies are based on principle.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, uh, let me look for a way to put that. The fundamental thing about a telephone is it should be able to make calls, mm-hmm. receive calls, send tests, receive text messages and all of that. Now, the application of that principle for us varies from location to location, based on the assets. So when we say asset now, so as much as we can, we don't want to import anything to build your soilless farm where you are. Mm-hmm. So we look at what are the assets naturally available here mm-hmm. that we can take advantage of. One, two. There is also the financial angle. Mm-hmm. So somebody in Lagos, for example, that want to put a farm in Ikoyi, your farm has to follow the aesthetics of Lagos of Ikoyi, Lagos. But if you are building a soilless farm in one remote village in any part of Nigeria, mm-hmm. you are much more concerned about the productivity and functionality, mm-hmm. and probably less concerned about the aesthetics, how it looks. So uh soilless farming, it's not just one thing. It's the principle that is one, but the application differs
3: mm-hmm.
1: based on location, the person that owns the farm, the finance, the capital you are willing to invest. But most importantly, the productivity is not affected.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Very important. The productivity does not change. It remains the same. But the financial angle could differ. Mm-hmm. I think that answers the question.
2: No, it does And I actually like the fact that you take into consideration that one part of Nigeria is not going to be the same as another part. And I think that's really important for success, just knowing the region that you're kind of implementing, like you said, the principle and making sure that it coincides with that part of the country. Um, So for someone who wants to start like a soilist farm, or you were talking about the financial investment and capital, what would be the process? What would the process look like for someone who's interested in in kind of starting something um, like soilless farming?
1: Yeah, the first thing is go and you have to get the knowledge.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It's super important. I mean, if somebody says I want to become a doctor, the first thing we tell you is not go to the hospital and wear a lab coat.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Or I want to become an engineer. We don't say go and get their helmet and go and turn an engineer. Mm -hmm. so step number one is go and learn Mm -hmm. and that is take in knowledge and i understand the where's the word now there is the tendency of people to become over reliant on youtube Mm. and they forget the fact that if youtube could do every education possible Mm. schools should have shut down by now and the reason why there is youth, you'll be supposed to be for extra learning, mm. for you to uh, get more details. Mm-hmm. Now, the essence of a school, a proper formal school, is there is a curriculum they follow. Mm-hmm. If I pick a child from the village today and I say, I want to teach you something in electrical engineering or in medicine or something, mm-hmm. and I just take the child straight to anatomy. Mm. the child would not be able to understand, not necessarily because of their age, but because there is no foundation laid. So I say number one is there is a need to go and get knowledge. And to get knowledge, get a place where they teach properly, where they have a structured curriculum that they teach you first the A, B, C, then how to build words, then how to build sentences, before you say, okay, I want to run up and start writing essays. Mm. That is number one, get trained. Number two, practice what you have been trained on. Now, this part is a little bit, um, is a little bit, where's the word now, dicey. Dicey in the sense that I know that not everybody would be able to probably travel to go and spend a month or two in the location of a farmer. Mm -hmm. So usually what I advise people is, start a small farm. Mm -hmm. You want to do tomatoes on a commercial scale Mm -hmm. with soilless farming. First try to grow five or ten tomato plants soillessly Mm -hmm. in your compound.
2: And just to interrupt you quickly, because I don't think we define what soilless farming is so that people who are watching understand. It's literally growing fruits and vegetables not conducive to soil.
1: Without using the soil element.
2: Okay. I just wanted to, because I don't...
1: Without the use of soil. Yes. So um, they need to try to practicalize. Now, the essence of the practicalizing is because, you see, irrespective of how good your teacher is, when it comes to agriculture, there are some things you can't be taught. Mm -hmm. You have to see it happen and gradually get to understand that, oh, my plant died when this was this. Oh, the plant turned yellow when this was this. Oh, my fruit did not come out well based on this and this. So that by the time you are now trying to invest good money on the farm, Mm. you understand the principles. One, you understand the application of those principles. So when you are now doing 10,000, 100,000 plants, you know that you are now going to be using your knowledge of 10 for as many as possible. So first step, like I said, is get knowledge. Number two is, if you can intern with somebody doing it fine. If you can't, get planting first on a small scale. Mm-hmm. Now, when planting on a small scale, it's important you remain in connection with the place you were trained mm-hmm. So that when you run into issues and all of that, they have the experience, you are able to compare your notes to what is supposed to be. Not just that you are running up on your own and saying, I'm doing experiments. Then, of course, why doing all of that just as a side, ensure you document your every process. Mm. <clears throat> you document your every process. And finally, you can then go into your farming proper.
2: Mm. So I know We only have 30 minutes and there's so many questions that I had prepared to ask you, but I'm going to try and hit what I feel would be the most relevant for our our audience that watch um, the videos and read the blog. So I want to know for someone who may be already in a, let's say, a career path like um, teaching or law or medicine that wants to deviate into something like soil farming or agriculture, um, what would be the challenges you've, you found when you started? And then what would be the biggest rewards? Because I know you've kind of combined this into a good work. So you use it as a way to promote fighting hunger and um, not having enough food in Nigeria. So I'm curious to hear people who are looking to kind of maybe get off the traditional path that and then also high school students who, like you said, in the traditional African home, Nigerian home, similar to my parents, it was kind of like four options. So what would be pieces of, pieces of advice um, that you would give?
1: For those who are already doing nine to five, you have already like a standard job and you are thinking of agriculture. Mm-hmm. Same process, learn, learn, practicalize it in your little compound, your little space anywhere now the only difference is don't go straight to commercial yet Mm. go and get a market Mm. go and get a market for what you want to do now i usually advise people before you start growing one acre of banana tomatoes pepper whatever Mm. try and get your market first now test your market how Mm. do you test your market look for those people that are already growing what you intend to grow Mm. in interior villages, Mm. buy from them and see whether you can sell. Mm. You see, there are a lot of people that will tell you, don't worry, grow it, you will buy. When you grow it, that is when you will realize that they are not going to buy. Mm. So rather than grow and fall into the trap of nobody is buying, I would always advise, first, buy from those that are already growing in interior villages try to sell what they have grown now when you are able to sell successfully mm-hmm. you are going to learn the market pattern you are going to learn the buying pattern mm-hmm. transportation logistics all of that mm-hmm. before you now start saying look i want to build my own farm because for me i believe the end product of agricultural farming is actually sales Mm-hmm. So farming does not end when you harvest because you are not fl- planting for yourself. Mm-hmm. So until you are able to sell those crops, mm-hmm. you are not done with your process.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, for the high school guys, ladies that are thinking, okay, what more can I do beyond the four cardinal points of medicine, law, uh, engineering and accounting? Mm-hmm. Agriculture is an aspect. And uh, you, they need to also realize that Agriculture is much more than just planting and harvesting.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Agriculture has a complete value chain. Mm-hmm. Uh, agriculture is one of the few fields in the world that irrespective of what you're studying in school, mm-hmm. you can work in the agricultural sphere. Mm-hmm. You studied mass communication. There are people doing media work in agriculture. Mm-hmm. We need engineers to build the equipment, the automations. We need computer scientists and all of that to come in um do the blockchain Mm -hmm. build a whole lot of um, interconnectivity artificial intelligence so there is a space for everyone in the agricultural value chain Mm -hmm. you don't need to be a farmer to be in agriculture Mm -hmm. you can be a processor you can be an input supplier you can be in charge of a tissue culture lab you could be a plant breeder you can be a logistics person Mm -hmm. so there is a whole lot now I am not saying agriculture must be where you come to. Mm -hmm. Find what you are passionate about. Mm -hmm. Find what you are passionate about and find a way to be involved in that, even if it is as a, uh, what is the word, as an intern, an unpaid intern. Mm -hmm. Nothing beats knowledge. At the end of the day, what you know would always stand out and take you to wherever you want to get to. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And um, my last question, I think we're approaching almost the 20 30th mark. Um, my last two questions were for food distribution in Nigeria. Um, we know that we have markets, and then we have the women who go to the markets and sell. So do you guys form relationships with the, I guess they would be the middlemen, because you guys would be the people who kind of plant and farm and get the fruits and veggies, and then they're the middleman, and then they get it to individuals. So, how is it like forming those relationships with the women who are selling or the men who are selling in the local markets?
1: Yes, yeah, so for us, it's a different model. Mm. Different model because um, the only uh, there is this a parable statement or proverb that says that you cannot keep doing the same thing. And expect a different result. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, we need to tell ourselves the truth, which is the model that we inherited from our parents worked for them, but it's no longer really functional. It's just barely surviving. Right. So, the model that we inherited from our parents was a model where the farmer is poor, the trader is poor, mm-hmm. the middleman is rich, mm. and That model is not sustainable because Mm -hmm. if we are going to push for wealth distribution, Mm -hmm. we need to ensure that everybody across the value chain makes tangible living income Mm -hmm. from the process. Mm -hmm. So what we have been able to do is the middlemen are still there, yes, but a different kind of middlemen. Mm -hmm. So rather than produce for a market that we are hoping, Mm. We produce for a market that is waiting. Mm. So uh, if we are to grow, somebody comes, like I have an order, for example, that will be starting later this month or early next month Mm -hmm. for some herbs. But for me to start the production of those herbs, Mm -hmm. the middleman is going to have to pay a deposit Mm -hmm. of an agreed amount. So as a farmer, I am deciding how much I want to sell. Mm. Not the market telling me how much they want to buy so number two
2: just to before you move on, so now the control has shifted from the market more so to the farmer to the
1: farmer to income. exactly okay then number two, not only am I telling them um how much I am willing to sell, mm. they are buying based on metric system
3: mm.
1: for example, you are in Florida when you want to buy your oranges, your vegetables, you buy them by weight. Mm-hmm. In Nigeria, people still buy things by sight. There is no way. Mm-hmm. And you realize that because we are not buying by weight, mm-hmm. the poor farmer is always cheated. Right. Because you come in and you buy three tomatoes and you tell the farmer to give you one as, um, I don't know what the English word for jara is, but I'm sure you know what I mean. As jara, as um, an extra okay to compensate for buying Mm -hmm. to compensate you for buying Mm -hmm. and you realize that for every compensation gift that he gives to you every jar that he is giving to you Mm. is actually money that he is losing Mm. so we have been able to push that for us you must buy with our metric system Mm -hmm. and you must buy at a pre-agreed price Mm -hmm. and with that you realize It also helps those that they supply to, to also have a proper plan. Mm. So everything is properly planned out, Mm. from the transportation to the packaging, the deliveries, everything is properly planned out. Mm. Now, this is going to take a whole lot before the everyday regular farmer and market woman in the market will be able to get there. Mm -hmm. The reason is because the orientation of people is when I go to the market, it should not be weighed. It it's wrong but we will get there i mean people are used to buying turkey and chicken in weight in -hmm. kilos Mm -hmm. because the association was able to push it Mm -hmm. but when it comes to tomatoes pepper and other things you feel no why would i want to do that Mm -hmm. so it's a place i hope we will get to soon so that everybody makes profit from the value chain i mean uh, the latest statistic says that an average Nigerian spends um almost one third of their income on food yeah so you would expect that if an average nigeria is spending one third of their income on food the farmers should be rich Mm -hmm. but yet the farmers are poor Mm. it simply means that the system that exists is broken Mm.
2: so i feel like i even outside of the reading and research i did before i conducted this in just the past couple of weeks. I feel like I've learned so much from this 20 to 30-minute sit-down conversation. So I just want to know, to kind of end off, where would you like to see soilless farming for Nigeria five years from now?
1: It's not really about seeing soilless farming. It's about where i like to see agriculture five years from now. Mm. I want an agriculture that is based on technology, Mm -hmm. automation best practice where the farmer is actually given a measure of predictability.
0: I hope you guys enjoyed the interview session and just gaining more information about how farmer Samson grows crops in the air, his viewpoints on food inequality and agriculture in Nigeria For those who are interested in reaching out to him, you can find him on LinkedIn, S-A-M-S-O-N-O-G-B-O-L-E, and then also on Twitter, at S-A-M-S-O-N-P-R-O-L-I-F-I-C. Thank you guys for listening, and um, I'm so excited to bring more educational content on policy issues concerning Africa.